You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in the 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shurgunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses, are you ready to get your financial life in order? Once and for all, as soon as possible? Are you tired of living paycheck to paycheck? Do you often lose track of how much money you have to spend? Do you want to get your financial life together, but just don't quite know how? I am with you. I've been there. I've struggled through all of these. And I know you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to get better. So why do you continue to struggle? I know you can get your own money in order. It took me years to figure out. It took me years of pain, struggle, frustration, anger. But you don't have to go through all of that. You don't even have to get a financial planning degree like I did in order to be successful. Allow me to present to you my Money Flow System, a free playbook of how you can automate your finances, even if you hate budgeting. After you download this free playbook, you will never have to worry about budgeting and who likes that budgeting thing anyway. You will stop accumulating debt and create a bulletproof plan of how to quickly pay it off. You will be able to pinpoint exactly what your income and expenses are. You will never have to miss a single bill again. And you will always, always have a solid idea of how much money is in each of your accounts. So head over to money-flowsystem.com to download my free Money Flow Playbook, a blueprint to streamline your finances in less five or five weeks. Guaranteed. Head over to money-flowsystem.com. Hey, Money Bosses. Annie's here, and welcome back to the Money Boss Podcast. I am so excited for my guest today. As you all know, is that my favorite conversation of all is to have on this podcast is when I bring guests to talk about their money stories. Um, we all have a money story, and it's interesting to me to go deep think about what happened to us in the past and really understand, you know, why did we come to be the people we are and how do we make decisions when it comes to our finances today? So what's even more interesting to me is that when I get to connect with professionals like myself, who are certified financial planners and work to help others make smart financial decisions. So my guest today is Catherine Edwards. She is the newest financial planner at Main Street Financial Planning. And so I'd love to learn more about how Catherine became a financial planner and some of the background um, about her. I seem to know a lot um, because we work together side by side, but getting deeper today and understanding and learning more about her money story is, is really fascinating to me. So first of all, join us on this conversation. And second of all, Catherine, welcome to the podcast. 
Thank you, Anna. Thank you for having me. I am very excited to be here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Just yeah. Uh, me get... too. <laughs> so let's let's get started. Tell everyone. I mean, that's the first obvious question, right? You get that from clients all the time. But why did you become a financial planner? Yeah. So I kind of had a roundabout way of coming into this career. I originally, when I was younger, thought I wanted to be a physical therapist. So I, I liked the idea of helping people. I liked the idea of having an ongoing relationship where it's not just a doctor that you may see one or two times a year. And so I liked that field and I thought I was interested in it. And then when I got into the science of it um, and the thought of going to grad school and all of that kind of stuff, I wasn't sure, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So um and then I also started to think that I wanted to be a counselor. So that was completely opposite of that. And I really enjoyed in that way, helping people and hearing um, people's problems and how to help them and talking through a lot of difficulties that come along in life. And so it was kind of a random, um, like falling into this career that I realized how much I loved helping people and at the intersection, intersection of money, um, personal finances and planning is something that I had always loved anyways. And so, um, once I, once I kind of found myself in an operational role, I realized I enjoyed and wanted to work with people. So then I started to pursue the certified financial planning, uh, certificate and, as I was going through that, I just knew this is what I was meant to do. And I still feel that way as I continue to do it. I love it. I love meeting new people and hearing where they're at in life and how I can help them. Very cool. I, I did not know that. So <laughs> I have I have a sim similar story. I know uh, our listeners have heard this before, but I wanted to be a doctor. So kind of similar field. I, I, I don't oh, know. Yeah, I don't think I knew that either. Yeah, so I too uh, wanted to help people, right? That I think at the end of the day, uh, for for those of us who come to this field, um, have those intentions. And so it's funny, but uh, yeah, <laughs> there's some I was some of some of the medical background, I guess, um, correlation. I did not go for medical school for sure. I switched majors kind of like halfway, but that was the intent. And so yeah, I ended up uh, becoming a financial planner. So wow, <laughs> that's great. Very cool. I know. I mean, you know, we do use um, the medical analogy a lot in our practice, right? Exactly. Because we all understand what it's like to be going to the doctors and having issues and, you know, all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, I think clients get that. So speaking of clients, what kind of clients um, you'd love to work with? So I love working with all life stages of clients. I do think that I have enjoyed um, and do enjoy working with young families a lot. Um, I think a big reason for that is because there are so many decisions that you're making when you are young that are going to impact you for the rest of your life. And so a lot of times people don't think you need a financial planner when you're young and you're just getting started and maybe they, you feel like you don't have a lot to, um, to manage yet, but there's so many other aspects that go into that, that go into how to manage your finances or maybe, um, planning for retirement. So by the time you get there, you, you've, you've had a plan the whole, the whole time, um, planning for college, all of those types of things. I think there's a huge gap of people needing financial planning in the uh, young professional and young family age range. And so I think when people are making all these important decisions that it's worth having someone, you know, help them so that when they do reach retirement, they, they can retire 
with peace and, you know, relax and enjoy it and all of those sorts of things. So, yeah, that's, that's exciting. And for those of you who, who do know the kind of work we do here at Main Street um, in terms of financial planning is very different. And so those life stages um, is what Catherine was referring to in terms of us addressing different issues um, really come handy because um, you you can you could be making smart financial decisions as you as you grow as you get older as you do life and i've always said that um, any decision you're going to make in your life will always end up or there will be some connection to your finances like there's i mean i anything right if you have to go somewhere right or just like some really simple thing so having someone who's holding your hand along the way is is the best. Obviously, we're biased here, but just uh, <laughs> just to highlight that. So, um I am one of the right one of the things that um a lot a lot of times happens in client meetings um because we go deep, right? Once we start to um create someone's what we call a money roadmap, aka a financial plan. But money roadmap sounds a lot more intriguing and exciting because that's <laughs> that's a guide you're going to use for the rest of, of your life. Um, people tend to open up and you know share things that may you know may be embarrassing or uncomfortable and you know mistakes that they've made in the past. So and because we're human, right? Even though we're talking about personal finances and they're so personal that it's like, okay, here's everything on the table. So um, I'd love to get a little personal with you, but it, because you are a human at the end of the day, not just a financial planner. So <laughs> what's, if you were to share with our listeners, what do you think one or two or however many, what's the biggest mistake you've made when it comes to your finances so far? So far. So I think I have like one big thing that I look back on my life and it makes me frustrated. And I think it was just not having a plan. Like when I was in college and post-college, I didn't have a budget and there were so much money that I didn't save. I didn't have, I just kind of flew by the seat of my pants and it didn't mean I didn't, I was irresponsible, but I, there was no way of of having any kind of managing the money, saving the money, having a plan for the money. And it's funny now because looking, looking back, I could have been in a much different place, um, earlier on, uh, had I had a plan. So it's a big passion of mine to, to have a budget just because even though budget feels like a four letter word or, you know, it's just, if you can't, you can't manage what you don't measure. And so I just look back on you know, years and years that I just had no clue what I was spending. And then on a more practical level, I am constantly kicking myself for forgetting to cancel subscriptions. And that sounds silly, but they add up so quickly. And I am notorious for it. I, I, I at the beginning of this year, went back through with my husband and tried to go through and make sure that I've canceled the ones that we are not using um, whether it's like skincare renewal or like, you know, just Disney plus or something like that. that it's like, you know, the auto ship goes off and I'm like, Oh, I forgot to cancel that. And it was another 50 bucks that, um, I didn't intend to spend. So, yeah, yes, I agree with you. We need to, we probably should have another a recording on just that topic alone because yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get to it next month. <laughs> Yeah. And the next month comes around and you're like, oh, I'll get to it next month. And so sometimes I'm like, it's only $15, but you're right. It, it does, it does tend to add up. 
I know for me and having, having come from a family that um, didn't have any financial background, you know, immigrants trying to make life, um, you know, provide for their family, especially for me, because I was a, a young girl when my family immigrated. Um, they did have the most influence on me in terms of wanting, right, to do better with money, but that's probably just, you know, the, the, the product of what happens in those kind of families. So when I think of how, you know, how, how did I, you know, actually became a financial planner or some of those why, the why reasons, it's because of, you know, seeing my parents struggle even today. Um, and <laughs> I I think family is the hardest to give advice to when it comes to finances, yes. but they have the, but they have made the most influence on me in terms of, you know, wanting to do better personally. Right. And of course, professionally. So if you have had to think about, um, you know, other people in your life that you can look back and say, yes, because of you, you know, I'm a better person today. And this is why um, I do better with, with my finances. Yeah, I think the first would definitely be my mom. Um, she has worked really hard her whole life and she even still has, does the best that she can to help set my, have a younger brother and sister to help set us up for success. Um, we, she's primarily most of my life, single mom and working and never wanted us to go into debt was really her biggest thing going into college. And so she was, um, always a big proponent of work study and getting a job and um, just making sure that we knew how dangerous it was to get into debt. Not not even necessarily like student loans can be good debt, but um, just in terms of uh, being set up for success going out of college. So um, she helped me get a, my first credit card, helped me set up my first bank account when I was babysitting as like a young you know teenager and all those things. So. Um, and yeah, so she's always been very open with me about even her own, her own finances. And so even today we talk about it, um, and for her, and so I'm now the roles have reversed and I'm kind of helping, I'm helping her transition into retirement. And it's a cool full, full circle, um, thing that's happened. So I'm really, really thankful for her. And then another person would definitely be my husband, Jonathan. He is, um, incredibly generous. And so I think that aspect of personal finances is something that I've grown in a lot is just generosity and realizing that um, money isn't everything, which is funny to hear coming from a financial planner. But I think looking around and realizing how much we have and um, using what we do have to help other people. And so he is... Um, incredibly kind and aware of other people's needs and always pushes me to, um, give to other people. So yeah, yes. I'm very thankful to be married to someone like that. Very cool. Very awesome. Yes. I'm excited. I'm excited to get to know Jonathan at one point yes. <laughs> in this interaction, but uh, I'm sure he'll be excited to hear that on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you mentioned budgeting and um, how you've gotten to be accustomed with it and, and became better, right? And this is, you're right, this is one of those areas where we um, we see this a lot with clients like, oh yeah, I don't have a budget, but somehow I still tend to manage. So what if today, and um, it, call it a lucky day, but um, maybe not, uh, you had an extra thousand dollars to spend in your budget and what would you do and why? Um, so I, 
I've always been a big saver. So my, my gut instinct would probably be to save half of it. (laughs) Um, just, you know, for a rainy day, whatever it may be, I generally, if there's any extra, I want to save a portion of it. And then I think the other, if you're sticking to a budget and following along with, you know, your own personal finances and you're keeping up with your budget and all that kind of stuff, I think it's totally fine to do something fun. So I would probably go get a massage or go out to dinner or do something like that. I think, I think saving a portion of it would make me feel totally free to enjoy the rest of it. So, um, so yeah, if I found a thousand bucks just in my driveway, I think I would probably head out and have a nice glass of wine and get a massage. I support those of my favorite things to do as well. I think, I think we're sinking here. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I know, but I'm sure I'm sure everyone else listening too would appreciate the fact that uh, savings savings come first, right? I have many of you know I have a four year old son, and so we start we're starting to starting to grasp the idea of saving, um, but um, it's still very early. So I appreciate your mentioning that. <laughs> yeah, I guess I would have expected that hearing you know hearing that from a financial planner. So yeah, I tried to I, in my mind I almost thought I would probably save all of it, but. I don't, I don't know. It's Jonathan actually is better at helping me like enjoy it. Like Mm -hmm. you save and you spend and you give. So yeah, no, there's definitely something to it. I mean, how many, how many client cases do we have where clients are in, you know, in the process of retiring or have retired and they have plenty of resources and it's, it is hard for them to enjoy them. Right. Or it is hard for them to, to spend. Right. Because we have this for most of our life, right, as young professionals and then, you know, mid-career professionals, and then when you get to finally not have to work, you've been programmed to continue saving, saving, saving. Right. So it's a, it's a mind, mindset shift for sure, but it's still important. So stick to it. I'm not yeah. uh, suggesting you shouldn't. Thank you. Um, as as financial professionals, we have to read a lot. We have to take a lot of continuing education classes. And I mean, it is a lot to know um, and a lot to keep in our heads because we have to be fresh on what's happening and everything. So share with us uh, some of your favorite resources for staying on the top of all of this money, personal finances and, and, and such. Yeah. So two of my favorites are probably, I love nerd wallet. I think they do a good job of just for the average consumer, helping people understand having very basic information and tools and stuff like that in terms of checking your credit score and all that. It's something I find myself sending to my sister or friends, or, you know, this is a good, really basic resource. And then for kind of, you know, for professionally, I love Michael Kitsis. He has been a favorite of mine for years and years. He has amazing podcasts, multiple, actually, he's a couple. And then he, all of his blogs are so detailed. Um, And so I really enjoy learning from him. He's up to date pretty much within 24 hours of any regulation change. It's crazy to me how, I don't know how he sleeps, if he has time to sleep because he puts out so much content Um, and it's very, very good. So and he's finally been been able to get to the point where he can offer uh, continuing education for all of the great stuff he's putting out. So I'm thankful for that because I'm already reading it. So if I can get credit for it, that's that's great too. So those are yeah. two of my favorites. I love it. Yes, both all of us here at Main Street to read Kitsis. He's he's definitely more focused on um, advisor community, but we have a number of clients who are nerds. Yes. <laughs> so they try to dig deeper on that kind of stuff, which is fun. But um, yeah, I used to when nerd. I remember when Nerd uh, Wallet launched. 
because they're they're here in San Francisco uh, years ago. I mean, not many years, but maybe five or seven years ago. They um, they did a big outreach to the advisory community. Um, so I used to like write for their for their site because they were you know collecting oh, cool. quotes and publications and stuff like that. So, but they've evolved so much since then. Um, but yeah, you're right. They do have a really awesome uh, resource for all kinds of stuff because they started out as um, as a uh, guide or like a site where you can search for like a credit card. Like, what's the best credit card to have? Mm-hmm. But over over time, and um, once they've gotten bigger, they've hired uh, professional writers and 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 so forth. So they didn't have to have advisors contribute because advisors are hard and busy <laughs> working on client cases with contributing content. So yeah, but still fun. So I I love reading our Nerd Wallet for anything. Um, they also have I've recently discovered they have a lot of interesting guides. Like if you were look yes. at something, right? Like a guide or like a little explanation or like let's say you wanted to pay off debt. Like here's like they give you calculators and then just like it's really interesting how they've um, uh, put their bundled and combined and put their uh, articles and information together. I agree. Yeah, they have a lot of good stuff about mortgages and even insurance and stuff like that that doesn't feel overwhelming. So I think they're doing a great a great job over there. Yeah, definitely recommend checking them out. So let's do just a, a t- take a little turn here and just focus on just some more fun questions. So um, I know you've already shared, but I still want to ask so that uh, maybe I didn't get that. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you have a, a favorite self-care practice? Yes. So one, this sounds kind of boring, but I feel like I learned to really enjoy walking for a long time. I really enjoyed, and I still do enjoy running, but, um, since I've had a dog for about five years and that's when I started walking more and I realized how relaxing it was to not take my phone with me and just kind of enjoy being outside. Um, even in the winter, I just need to get outside and, um, and breathe some fresh air and walking feels like, not as, uh, as huge of a commitment as like, I'm going to go exercise and run and sweat. I can just go outside and enjoy that, which, um, I think it's underrated. I think walking is underrated. So, um, that sounds kind of silly. And then the other one, I really enjoy getting my nails done. Um, so depending on, you know, whatever the occasion is. And I think that's something we both, uh, like getting done. I think it's just a fun, a fun thing. I think it looks nice and I enjoy going and, uh, getting, you know, whatever the holiday is getting something that matches. <laughs> <laughs> that is a total treat. Yes. As long as I remember myself, my, um, my aunt, when I was a little girl, I think like, I don't know, maybe eight, I don't even know. It was really young. So I remember watching her. She was a nail technician. This is even like back before my family immigrated. And so that was like, you have to get your nails done. So yes favorite practice of all for sure but walking I think you're right I think it's definitely underrated um physical activity that is really beneficial and healthy so and having a dog you like you have to go yes and working from home it's easy to just go outside and you know take a few minutes walk around the neighborhood um I don't know I just I feel like as an adult I'm uh appreciating that more I used to see people walking around the neighborhood all the time. And I'm like, why don't they just run and make the most out of their time? And I'm like, it's not, that's not about making the most out of it. It's enjoying, enjoying it and just getting some fresh air, clear mind. Yeah. So, I mean, so you have to, how often, like twice a day at least, right? Because you take the dogs in the morning and the evening. 
So yeah, we have a yard, which is nice. So I can let them out if it's raining or something like that. But yeah, we have a, we live in a neighborhood that has sidewalks. So that's really nice. Um, and can walk them. I have two of them actually now, which makes it a little bit, I'm getting used to walking two dogs at a time, Mm -hmm. but yes, uh, even 10 minutes for the dogs too, they will calm down and not be so crazy during the day, but it's nice. It's like a, almost like it's not required to take them on a walk or anything, but it's, we both get a benefit out of it. So yeah, you probably get more from it than they do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yes, it's beneficial to have a dog. All right. Okay. Next question is what's your favorite drink? So I think you might know the answer to this, Anna, because we have connected on this, but I love red wine and Jonathan loves red wine and we love very nice red wine. Um, I am very jealous that you live not very far from Napa, Sonoma. So um, we, yeah, we love it. That's one of our favorites. We love cab and I mean, really any red wine, as long as it's not too sweet. Um, And then I also, um, I love uh, iced coffee. So like a latte, basically I I will, even in the winter, I'll have iced. So, yep. I love the recently the shake and espresso oat milk at Starbucks has been my go-to, but it has Mm. a lot of caffeine in it. So I try to limit that, Mm. but iced coffee and red wine. Good. Yes. My kind of drinks too. agree. We did connect on that for sure. (laughs) So we got to get you out here into, uh, closer to Napa Valley or in Sonoma at some point. Yes, soon. <laughs> yes, working on it. Awesome. Okay, so tell us what you're reading these days. What's on your nightstand? So I am reading, there is a book that, um, I don't know if you've heard of the book 168 Hours. Um, it's It was by Laura Vanderkam. I read it a while ago and she just came out with, or not just came out with, but she has another book that is more focused on finances, kind of. It's called All the Money in the World, uh, What the Happiest People Know About Wealth. And so it's more of like from a, not necessarily the financial aspect of it, but um, what how the connection between money and happiness and if there is a connection and what it really means to be happy. Um, and so I have, I just started it. So it seems like it's going to be great. Um, I'll have to do a book review when I get done, but a lot of it talks, the main thing is about how money can be stressful and a lot of people are unhappy about, you know, their finances and just having a scarcity mindset. And so, um, it's looking at how you can kind of grow in the, the way that you look at money and how it's being used. And, um, I'm really excited about it. I think, I think it's going to be good. So cool. Yes. Totally looking forward to that book review. (laughs) Sometimes, I mean, I choose books based on, you know, what people are saying for sure. Um, I'm sure all of us do that, but yeah, when somebody can give more context, that's even better. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Okay. Next question is, do you have a personal motto that you live by? Yes, it sounds cheesy, but I believe it 100%. Uh, It is blessed to be a blessing. And I think that's kind of what I was going back to earlier, uh, what Jonathan just being really generous. I think realizing how fortunate we are in this country, just, you know, in, in our life, we have so much. And so I think being aware of how we spend not just our money, but our time um, and being outward focused and making sure that we're taking advantage of this one life we have to care for and love other people well, because there's a lot of suffering going on out there and we have all the resources in the world. And so trying to be mindful of how we use that and not just hoard them for ourselves. So 
Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. We definitely need to share that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, next question is, what do you value the most in life? And I think it probably connects to what you just shared, but maybe there's something different. Yeah, no. Um, it's so I, I think that's a big question. When I read that one, I was like, oh, that's really deep. Um, I think for me, it is my faith in my family. And I think a lot of those things just that are tied up together, um, in regards to being blessed to be a blessing, uh, are, are connected for sure. And so I think that's a huge part of Jonathan and I's life is, um, our faith and, um, and how we use our money and all those kinds of things. They, they are related. So, um, yeah, that's been, that's a big, like the focal point of our life is, you know, bringing that into our family and then sharing it with other people. So. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. I think, um, very few people, mention that. Um, so yes, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to hear that for sure. Um, because <laughs> yeah. I connect, I connect with you. I seem to connect with you on a lot of these things. So I, no wonder we work together, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, very funny. So, um, in, uh, respecting everyone's time for today's conversation, um, if anyone wanted to connect with you, how, what's the best way to do that? Obviously mainstreetplanning.com website, but, um, where else? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I think that is a great way you can find any of our team on LinkedIn. And it has a lot of links to any any other like articles that I've been quoted in. It's a good resource that kind of put, pulls everything together. So that was that would be the best place, I would say. Awesome. Okay. And we'll definitely include this um, in, in the show notes for the podcast. Okay. So I am excited. Thank you so much for taking your uh, a few minutes here to share a little bit about your money story. I definitely learned a lot and I'm excited uh, in how we can help um, more people because uh, I, I think all of us here at Main Street are extremely passionate about what we do and um, letting you all hear a little bit about who we are is, um, is definitely, it's like open up, opening up a small window into our world because we get to sit on this side of the table. But as I said, at the beginning of the podcast, we're human and we're, yeah, we tend to, um, uh, to, to make mistakes. And, um, also at the end, at the end of the day, still help you with smart financial decisions. So Catherine, thanks so much for joining. And thank you for having me. I am excited for for everyone to learn more about you. Me too. Hey, Money Boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone. Uh, So don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.